0: you can outcome circumstances. A lot of people allow their circumstances to hang on to them for their entire lives. And that becomes their identity. And that dictates their future.
1: Do you believe in yourself enough? There's no downside to self-belief. There's just not you. you if you don't believe in your own abilities, you, you're not going to succeed. If you don't believe in your own abilities, you're not going to aspire
0: Every day from anywhere for free. Welcome to Next Level University. Next Level Nation, welcome back to another very special, as always, episode of Next Level University where we teach you how to level up your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode, number 902. Today, for episode number 903, Motivation Monday. Huge things can come from small towns. So, Alan and I like to take a nostalgic look back through our past because if you don't know, Alan and I grew up in the same small town. We went to the same high school. We were friends early on in life. Alan and I played Spin the Bottle with the most popular girls in our middle school. And that was interesting for sure. That was a fun experience. But looking back, I think we all don't necessarily know what quote unquote normal is. And we assume that maybe where we grew up, it was like that for everybody. And even Alan brought that to my attention of, I didn't realize how small our town actually was, but something that you might not guess if you watch this podcast, if you listen to us, if you've seen me speak, whatever it may be, is for most of my life, it was expected that I was gonna be the mess up in all of my friend groups, we used to talk about how if anybody was going to end up in jail out of all my friends, it was going to be me. And that's one of the reasons is because most of my family members at some point or another had run-ins with the law. I know that was a pretty common experience in the the Palmieri family. So I, I look back at, at that, and I had a moment recently, Alan, I, I talked to you about this, where... I was looking, you ever have those moments where you look on Facebook and say, "I wonder what this person's up to?" You ever have those moments? Oh yeah. I I was thinking back to my friend group. And out of out of the friend group I had, there isn't a lot of ambition going on there. And some people were in trouble with the law, and some people got into drugs, and some people there was a lot of like negativity. And then I was thinking back to my old relationships in high school. In most of my partners that I dated in, in high school and maybe fresh out of high school, they all had substance abuse issues. All of them. I remember asking Taryn, I said, do you think that's like, is that common? Is that a common thing? And she said, well, I think it's more common than it's ever been, but I don't know if it's to that level. And that was really eye-opening for me. And, and I'm not saying anything against these people. It's, just very, it's very interesting to me that for a lot of my life, that was my identity. I was the kid who grew up in the broken home. I was the kid whose family had been to jail. Like, you know, a lot of my extended family had been to jail. And I was the kid who didn't have a dad. And And then, you know, that transitions to not being good in school and not really aspiring to much, knowing early on I wasn't going to go to college. That was never, ever, ever a goal for me. I remember, Alan, we were in a computer class one time and I don't know what we were doing. I think the point of it was to find your job, like do some research. And this was probably 2006, do some research and see what you'd like to do with your life. And I remember thinking the only thing I will do if I go to college is I'll learn exercise science so I could be a personal trainer. And I remember looking it up and I I was like, I'm not going to do this. This isn't what I want to do with my life. So I knew pretty early on that that wasn't, that just wasn't the path for me. But in high school, I think it was senior year of high school. I was dating somebody and her mom was a manager of a gas station. And I got my first job as a gas station attendant. And I'll never forget how, first of all, how fun it was at the beginning. Cause I worked with a bunch of my friends. It was like a really good time. But after my friends went away to high uh, to college, I stayed at the gas station all by myself. And, I remember the popular kids would come in or the popular girls would come in and get gas. And I used to be so embarrassed because I was like, oh, I wonder what they're thinking. And nothing against anybody out there if they work at a gas station. This is just my experience. And my friends were out partying and they were having fun at college. And I was just like, I just felt bad. And I felt stuck and I felt trapped. And I was just embarrassed that so many other people had had felt like they outgrew me. And I remember the gas station actually got bought out by somebody and the person who bought it out used to take our money. So (laughs) at the end of your shift, you have to like (laughs) Z out the register. You know, you have to make sure that if you sold X amount of gas, it was this whole thing, but you'd have to read the numbers off the pump. You'd have to cash the, you'd have to count the cash. You'd have to run the credit card machine. And if the numbers didn't add up, my boss would take the difference. He would just take the money out of your, your money. So if you were $200 short, for some reason, it could be a credit card issue. It could be a, a pump issue. The money came out of your, your check and it wasn't check. It was cash. I got paid in a white envelope at the end of every week. And all it said was the <laughs> amount on it. That was it. There was no time sheets. There was none of that. There was none of that. And I remember routinely, like, I remember talking to my coworker. I was like, Hey, I think we should like talk to the government about this because I don't think what he's doing is legal because he took like 60 bucks from me this week and I didn't take the money. Uh, If I was going to steal the money, I'd steal more than 60 bucks. Like, I don't know what's going on here, but I remember that. I remember that. And I remember, I remember my boss came in one time and in the middle there was, so there was two, three, four, five, six. There was six pumps at this gas station. In the very middle, there was this island And you would stand there when, you know, the, the pumps were pumping and he came over one day and him and I were talking and I told him that I was looking for another job. I said, Hey, I just want to be upfront, uh, and, and honest with you that I'm looking for a job and I just want to let you know that. And I was studying to be a personal trainer. And like a week later, he fired me. He called me in the morning and said, don't bother coming in today. He actually didn't call me. He had the guy from the garage call me and tell me not to come in. And I hadn't done my personal trainer certification yet. So I went and worked at a hospital Third shift, which was brutal. And again, the only, the only jobs they had available were housekeepers. And I was working third shift and I was cleaning floors and I was cleaning toilets. And I was at some point stripping and waxing floors, which I always enjoyed. But again, my experience, my ego, I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed because I felt like people were looking down on me and I know people were looking down on me. And that hurt me tremendously. And again, I'm not speaking down to you if that's something you do. This is, again, is my experience. But that hurt me tremendously. And like you can see how the identity of Kevin starts to build up, right? The lone wolf works third shift by himself, doesn't see his friends, the gas station guy, the townie. That was who I was for for much of my life. So where I am today is, even reflecting on it is super, super interesting. But this is my lesson for this and I want to preface it with this. Alan and I are fairly lucky considering we're white men in the United States. So I understand that Alan and I have privileges that other people might not get out there, and I want to make sure I put that out there. But I also think it's important to state that you can outcome circumstances. A lot of people allow their circumstances to hang on to them for their entire lives, and that becomes their identity, and that dictates their future. Imagine your identity coming from your aspirations, coming from the amazing work you're doing in the world right now. Imagine your identity coming from a projection of who you want to be, not who you once were. That has helped me tremendously. And that really has been a huge shift for me. And and the new story of my life is I don't even remember a lot of those things anymore because that's not who I am. Those are things that I've done. Those are things that I've experienced, but that's not who I am And this podcast has helped tremendously with getting a global perspective of the world. And that's what you need to do out there. Maybe you grew up somewhere small. Maybe you grew up somewhere where opportunity was limited. Get a global perspective of what's actually possible for you. We've been lucky enough to interview millionaires and billionaires. And that has helped me shift and understand, okay, if it's possible for them, it's at least possible for me. Maybe it's not probable yet in the very beginning of this journey, but getting that global perspective has been very helpful for me.
1: Emilia and I were talking last night, and for some reason, we were, so we were watching Lord of the Rings, we are watching the whole series. I know anyone listening, who listens to this show kind of knows that, because I've talked about it several times. And there's this there's a scene in the second movie, I don't think Kevin's seen him, but nope. Legolas is on a shield going down a set of stairs while shooting orcs with a bow. And Emilia thought it was a really cool scene, and and we got to kind of nerd out about it, and we love those movies. And it's one of my favorite movies growing up, so it took me back. I actually got dismissed from eighth grade middle school kev to go see the lord of the rings the two towers with my friend nick and so anyways she ended up saying like i used to do archery as a kid and she was jokingly she's like oh I'd, I'd you know be able to out archer you or whatever and i was like sweetheart i had a bow when i was like seven or something you know when i was really young probably 10 honestly i probably exaggerated but um i had a bow and arrow You know, I grew up with a stepfather from age three to 14. He left when I was 14, but he was a Hunter Fisher, you know, type of person. And I had a bow. I had a slingshot from a very young age. And I remember thinking to myself, I was talking to her last night, and this is the point. Like, it was such a small world back then. Kev, I don't, there was still corded phones. Yeah. You know, 508-278-5646. That's Kiki's number. I had a And not anymore, Uh, obviously. I had a pager. I had a
0: pager. Huh. <laughs> yeah, I asked Tara, Kev, I said, did you, did you ever have a pager? And she's like, no.
1: And I said, I had a pager in high school at one point. A it's beeper. wild. <laughs> Kev, back then there was no internet. Yeah. Like, I do you ever remember being, and again, this is big things can come from a small town. I remember playing a video game and then getting yelled at because someone was waiting for a phone call. Yeah. Because we had dial-up internet. So if you're one of our younger listeners, you don't remember this. I had a typewriter, Alan. Before we had a computer, I had a
0: legitimate electric typewriter.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even kidding. So uh, when I was having this conversation with Emilia, I said it was such a small world back then. We grew up in this. We had five acres, and it was a a big pond, small lake. And we fished, and I had a bow and arrow, and I had a slingshot. and, And it's like... And I had a very, very challenging childhood, and, and some things were really wonderful, and some things were very, very challenging. But compared to the way we are now, Kev, the way we think now, I mean, we have such a global perspective. I mean, we have a team, one team member in Italy, one team member in Canada. I have a client in Australia. I talk to these people every other week. You know, it's such a global it's it's kind of like we came from such a small world. There was no Google, there was no internet. I didn't I couldn't like google something and figure it out. There was no personal development. I didn't I didn't get to listen to anyone's podcast cuz podcasts didn't exist. It was kind of you grew up in the geographical location that you grew up and the mindset of that location downloaded into you. And I remember thinking with Emilia about this, like, what what made me different? What, how did I outgrow this little tiny environment where it was hunting and fishing and stuff like that? But it, in hindsight, it was a very small-minded town in a small-minded community. And, and what I want to say is this, and, and anyone who, you know, grew up in this town, if you're offended, I apologize. But What I mean by this is there was an aspiration. I didn't grow up around any like aspiration. My mom taught me, Alan, you can be a CEO or you can be a farmer. I'm going to love you either way. But if you aim high for CEO, you can wake up one day and decide to be a farmer. Right by my house, there was a, a farm, a horse farm. And in my head, it was like, okay, aim high. She said, aim high and you'll have choices. And so I just did. I aimed so high and I always did. And so what I really want to check in here with here with all our listeners is like, how much do you believe in yourself? Because I didn't know this back then. I'm 33 years old now, but when I was 10 or 15 or 17 or 19 or 22, I didn't know that I was one of the only people that had massive goals to change the world. I have a desktop background right now that says the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world, are the ones who do. And it's a Steve Jobs quote. And that has resonated with me. I'm pretty sure that was on my MySpace page. I mean, that was way, way, way back. And I now understand that that's not common. It's not common to have huge goals. It's not common to want to change the world. It's even less common to intend to do it. I never... You know, Kevin, this is why it's so fascinating that him and I ended up as business partners because Kevin never thought he was going to change the world. I never thought I wouldn't. And, and I had no idea that Kevin didn't also feel that way because I didn't know any different. And the difference is self-belief. And I'll never forget this. I had my favorite teacher of all time. Her name is Mrs. Pryor she's amazing and she was so kind to me and she helped me debate life and we had philosophical conversations about unconditional love and it was much more than math and i will preface this i was very gifted in math so it always came fairly easy to me so i always got along really well with my math teachers but mrs Pryor was so good to me best teacher i've ever had she protected me when when i got laughed at and all that kind of stuff but i remember telling her she was studying for her master's degree because I think teachers, once they get a master's degree, I think they get paid at a higher rate. And I forget what the logistics were, but she was studying for her master's. I think she was going to Assumption or something like that. And I remember saying, like, Mrs. Pryor, why don't you? Because at the time, I wanted to go to WPI, my, my alma mater, uh, Worcester Polytechnic Institute. It's kind of like a mini MIT, for those of you who don't know. Very, very famous tech school. And it was always my dream to go to WPI. My uncle, Merle Norcross, was the track and field coach there. And Norcross Field is still there. It's, you know, he, he has since passed away and they named the track and field after my uncle Merle. So that's how deep these roots go in my family. And so I end up achieving my dream. I got into WPI and I remember wanting Mrs. Pryor, and this is fascinating hindsight, Kev, I wanted her to come with me. Hey, why don't you come teach at WPI? <laughs> right? And she turned to me and she said, Alan, I could never teach at WPI. And I remember vividly being like, why not? What do you mean? Like, of course you could. She's like, Helen, I'm not smart enough for that. And I remember being like, you're the smartest teacher here. Hands down, smartest teacher in Oxford High, in my opinion. But now I get it. Now I get it. She didn't believe in herself. It's just like, and I'll tell this story briefly too. Kevin and I are on the Pacific Coast Highway driving to interview someone. And there's this house on the side of this mountain overlooking the Pacific Ocean. Gorgeous. This house is probably, I don't know, what's your best guess, Kev? You know house prices. Oh, man,
0: $20 $20, million.
1: 20 million. Okay, and I said to Kev, I said, this is the house that I intend to have. A house just like this. Maybe that one. And at the time, this was a while ago. This is, what, four years ago, three years ago, something like that. And I remember Kevin later on told me, Alan, that sounded really arrogant. And I just want to be honest with our listeners and viewers. Someone has to buy that house. Like someone owns that home. In my belief system, there's no reason why it wouldn't eventually be me. And I don't say that from an arrogant place. I say that from a place of I actually believe in my own capability to go learn and figure out how to earn a house, home like that. And to be completely blunt, I actually do know how to do that. And I now understand in hindsight, looking back, the town that Kevin and I came from, that wasn't normal. There's no home in our town that's worth that kind of money. But Kev, I never really... You don't know what's not normal when it's your normal. You know, Kev, you didn't know what it was like to... Have billion dollar goals and dreams. You didn't know what it was like to have a global podcast heard in 120 countries. Back then there wasn't even the internet and the podcast industry didn't even exist. Yeah. And here we are, and, and, and so that's my point. That's my point. In hindsight, it is so clear to me that other people do not believe in themselves enough. If check in on that, do you believe in yourself enough? There's no downside to self-belief. There's just not. You, you, If you don't believe in your own abilities, you, you're not going to succeed. If you don't believe in your own abilities, you're not going to aspire. And you might get stuck in a small town around small-minded people. If I didn't have self-belief, God damn, I would not be where I am today. And no matter how dark it got and no matter how hard it got and so much of that I'm not even going to unpack here, But like Kevin and I came from very, very humble, very challenging, very non-aspirational beginnings. And the difference is self-belief and work ethic and eventually after 26 going all in on self-improvement. And that's what we're doing every single day. That's what we're helping all of our community do every single day. And so just check in. Do you not believe in yourself? Because I'll be honest, to this moment, Mrs. Pryor could have. I'm certain that she could have taught at WPI. I met the professors, Kev. They're not that much smarter than Mrs. Pryor. Genuinely. But she didn't believe it, so she's not going to try. So check in. Check in with your self-belief. If you have level seven self-belief, you will only achieve level seven goals. And I want more for each and every one of you.
0: And that's the biggest difference for me, even the I I used to think if you're listening, maybe maybe you you'll think what I used to think of ah, it's kinda it's kind of arrogant to say some of the things that Alan said. I used to think it was arrogant, but now I just realize that it's it's a couple things. It's Number one, insane levels of self-belief, but it's it's that paired with the awareness on how to actually do it. And that is a powerful, powerful combination. And I, I said that today, Alan. Somebody asked me on a podcast, they said, do you like yourself? And I said, that's a great question. I said, I like myself and I love myself more than I ever have. And I totally understand if you're out there right now and you just, you cringed. Like, oh my God, you're not allowed to say that. I said, I understand, I've been on both ends. But when you know it, you know it. And that's what I aspire other people to have, just like Alan aspires for you out there, if you're listening, you're watching to this, to truly believe in yourself, to truly believe in a brighter future, to truly believe in what's possible for you. If it came off as, I don't want to say cringy, but if it came off as something that was difficult for you to hear and your first reaction was to say, wow, he must have an ego, maybe it's the opposite. Maybe you don't believe in yourself. That was the way it was for me. So I'll just speak from my experience. And this is the last thing I'll say. I was talking to Taryn one time about this and we were talking about our high schools and I was like, yeah, our high school at one point almost lost accreditation. And she's like, what do you mean? And I was like, I don't know. I don't even know what that means. I just know at one point, a lot of people were freaking out because they didn't know if they were going to get the opportunity to go to college because our high school was, well, I don't know the word I used. I looked it up, but it was
1: probation. What was it? It was accreditation probation or something. Yeah, we were like
0: on that. probation for some reason. I don't know if it's because we had classrooms in the basement or whatever. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know why that was. And I didn't really care much because I wasn't going to college. But that's, that's another thing to add to this. Next Level Nation, this is all I ask. Number one, I ask for you to believe in yourself at a deep, deep, deep level. And if you don't, don't fake it. If you don't believe in yourself, find somebody who believes in themselves and somebody who can help you believe in you. Your life can look infinitely different. Number two, please, if you're a new listener, take a couple seconds and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform of choice. We have a link in the show notes where all you got to do is click it. It'll take you there. Just leave us a review. It'll help us find more amazing next level people like you to help. Those are my only two asks.
1: If you're out there and you're like, you know what, I don't believe in myself as much as I could or as much as I should, everything starts with that acorn of self-belief. you got to believe things are possible, you got to believe they're possible for you, and you've got to believe they'll be worth it. If Mrs. Pryor had believed it was possible to teach at WPI, she would have probably done it. And again at the end of the day, I just want to help people believe in themselves more because that's when everyone wins. When you believe in yourself more, you become more. When you become more, you can give more. And when you give more, other people believe in themselves more. It's this beautiful, wonderful thing. So we do a monthly meetup every single month. And last night, Kevin and I did what he claimed was the best one we've ever done. And we're going to keep hammering. The next one is on peak performance and productivity and there will be a link in the show notes. If you want to believe in yourself more and you want to achieve more in less time, join us. The link is in the show notes and shout out to Christina who's co-piloting those events. She's going to open the room early. Everybody's going to come in. Kevin and I are going to come in. It's it's a it's a beautiful opportunity that's not recorded. It's not repurposed. It's completely private. You can put all your questions in the chat. The chat was on absolute fire during last night's meetup. And you also can unmute your mic. And we always give a chance for Q&A. I think we went over by like 10 minutes last night on Q&A stuff.
0: And also, uh, if you're listening to this on Monday, tonight, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, is our live podcast. Dialing in your fitness habits is what we'll be talking about tonight. As always, we love you. We appreciate you. Grateful for each and every one of you. And at NLU, we do not have fans. We have family. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Please reach out.